I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. You are going to love this episode with Brenda Bridges, number one bestselling author of, oh shit, I'm getting divorced. Uh, What you're going to love about this is that here's someone who was making only $19,000 a year back in 2018, and now has been doing $25,000 months. She didn't do it the normal way. It was not the conventional way. She's a CDFA. She's really gotten in the divorce space, but she is a financial advisor who has gone through a lot of changes and transformations, as well as really investing in herself and taking a lot of risk. So can't wait for you to hear more about Brenda and see what she's gone through and also what she continues to go through with the ups and downs of the business. Enjoy it. Welcome, welcome back to this very special FEM series. Now, if you haven't heard about this yet, FEM has been a program that we've had for the last seven years that stands for Female Empowered Moneymakers. And I'm very proud to have Brenda Bridges here today, who has been in my world. How long has it been? Like four years or or has it been four years, four Four or five years? At least four. At least four years and going on five. And, um, it's really awesome to see this incredible transformation. And so I wanted to do this series and really capture some of this transformation with these incredible women. And Brenda's actually kind of a little bit different in regards to like the business model that you've had um, compared to a lot of the women I work with. Um, She's a CDFA, a CDC, RICP, mediator, collaborative practice, financial neutral. If you don't know what any of that stuff means, um, she really focuses a lot on helping people who've gone through or are thinking about going through a divorce. Um, so there's a lot of like kind of more, I would, what I would consider more on the coaching side. Um, she's also licensed as series seven and 66. So she's built a financial business, but she really took a different route and much more unconventional. So um, but amazing woman and more important than all the, all, all the letters behind your name is all the things that like I think about you, which is, and she's also a yoga instructor. So just like wow. yoga calming, like she's just gone through incredible transformation since when we started. So tell, tell us a little about kind of your journey just in the financial space in general, even regardless of, of femme, but tell us a little about your journey in this financial space and what it's been like for you. And we'll start there. Okay. So It's funny because they kind of weave together, but my journey in the financial space started totally by accident because my then husband came home one day and did like, uh, he had not been, he had lost his job and then he um, showed no signs of getting a new job. Let's put it that way. He got real cozy with his recliner and Facebook and I looked around we had three kids who were, you know, teenagers and went yoga, which is what I was doing then. Um, yoga is not going to pay for college. There are no benefits. Like I better do something else. And that's how I became a financial advisor. Because and my how financial long ago was that? That was what 2013. Year was that? 2013. Okay. 
And full on, I was fully licensed in 2014. You know, they start you with insurance and then move into seven and 66. Um, so I just kind of fell into it because my background was marketing, but I had been out of it for a really long time. I, it just, it, it felt like going back, backwards mm-hmm. to do that. And I didn't really know what I was getting into, but thought, I've always done our finances. I can do this. I can pass those tests. And now you ended How up as a How hard can it be? I mean, come on, financial well, advisor. <laughs> I was a yeah. yoga instructor for the love of God. That's I where I should use this, this laughing track. I was a yoga instructor for the love of God. Hold on, hold on, wait for it. Okay, there we go. There we go. Apparently, I have some toys here. And they're just a little bit delayed. So I got to be very premeditated oh, in my God. jokes if I want to use this horrible stuff. Stretch <laughs> it out. So you Stretch can it out. It up. Uh, yo, yeah, instructor. And, and just, sorry, I know this is real life and stuff, but the mic seems to be close to your computer, but not close to your face. I don't know if there's any way you can move it closer or just careful not to hit. Is it coming through there? I don't think it's coming. No. Is that any better? Maybe. No, now it's, now it's playing a different podcast in my ears. Is this okay? Can we just do this? That'd be really good multitasking. Let's try it. <laughs> I'm learning and talking. Um, Just try not to hit your computer. All right, cool. Um, We may or may not cut that out, but um, just talk a little louder so we can hear you better. So, so you basically went yoga instructor to, so you went from a yoga instructor to financial advisor, financial advisor. And, and and like I said, I, I didn't really know what financial advisors did. And then I ended up starting in a place that was very, very, very traditional make your list of 100, do the wheel of all the things, do the networking, do the shotgun approach. We don't know what you'll be good at. See what sticks. I mean, and imagine going from teaching yoga to this. And and my husband wasn't working. And a year and a half in, he came home and said, I want a divorce. So then the divorce started and that took a year and a half. And like it, it, it just kept getting like, wackier and wackier. And, and wow. I was, I was both not in a really good place as you can imagine, but I was not, I was used to being successful and I was not being successful. And I looked at these um, practices that I was being told, just go sell, just go sell, just go sell. And I was like, but what if they don't need it? Or what if they don't understand it? What if I don't understand it? What, you know, I didn't feel comfortable with what I was being told to do. And I would literally be in meetings with other more experienced financial advisors. Just a little side note here. I was in a group of 23, one me and 22 men. So it was very male driven. And um, if I, if I was, if I raised my hand basically and said, but wait, can't we do this differently? Or I'm uncomfortable with this. Um, I was, I was literally told just be quiet and go do what we say it will work. And then in meetings, if I was in meetings with one of those people as partners, as they do, you know, when you're newer, fresher, greener, whatever, um, I would be thinking in some cases, like, this isn't right for these people. And I would be told, doesn't matter. Just sell it. Just sell it. You know, wow. it was very incongruous. I, I didn't feel good. So that was 2014 to 2018. And in 2018, I was in a place where I was like, I, I, my divorce had been final. It was horrible and expensive and damaging and bad for my kids. And 
I didn't do it. A lot of it well. Um, and here I am in this place where I'm finally getting my footing as a financial advisor, but I'm still looking around going, I don't feel good about this. And this is when I started stalking you online. <laughs> and that went on for about six months. And in that first phase, and then, and then we connected and went through the calls and things like that. And then I actually became a femme before I did anything else. So I signed on to that first and then did some of, and the programs were Yeah, that's kind of how it was back then. Like we had, we had our yeah. wrap program, which is usually people start now with a revenue accelerator program. And then it was more like a bonus year just to get you ready for fun. And then yeah. I did wrap. And yeah. then uh-huh. But um, I was in a place where just in, in my trajectory, I was kind of having this, it's almost a crisis of conscience where I didn't even know if I wanted to be in this. So if we talk about my path from there on, really the first year was just working through, do I stay in this business? Mm. What do I do about it? I made a move to a different company. Um, how do I say it? Because by that point, I knew I wanted to build this divorce business, mm-hmm. which was not allowed at all where I was before. Very right. traditional and really hard with compliance to get any alternate messages through. Let me so let me I pause was, you for a sec because I want to back yeah. up. I, I just want to kind of understand where you were because, you know, obviously back then, so 2018, we started having a conversation. You probably joined around 2000, what, late, maybe 2018 or whatever it was. So. So where were you financially? Like you just went through a divorce. You weren't making very much money as a financial advisor. Did you have a lot of money saved before the divorce? You said it was very expensive. So it was very expensive for you. Like, did you come out of it ahead? Like, because I know you took a lot of risk, but I don't really know how much. And I think that's interesting to note because I was thinking about writing an email today and I I haven't written it yet. I've written something similar, but just about how, um, how, as a financial advisor, you're telling people, you know, I'm a CFP as well, but telling people invest, invest, invest in the market. Like the market is the end all be all. And then we look at it and we can look at your path the same way as like, if you invest in the market, everybody knows we're hoping to get 10% every year on average, you know, and then you double in 7.2 years or 7.2% you double in 10 years, whatever it is. Um, but there's a lot like, especially in the financial advisory world, there's not a lot of emphasis on investing yourself in your business. From the flip side, where I am now, not where I was, like there's a huge emphasis on investing in yourself because the entrepreneurs know you invest in yourself or invest in marketing, invest in learning uh, and growing your business, then you will have a huge return on that. But you're coming in from that perspective, yoga, and you were in marketing before that, but yoga and then divorce and now a financial advisor who is indoctrinated to only save into your 401k or into your retirement accounts and all this. And then where were you financially to make this investment? Because I can't imagine it was an easy decision. That's a really good question. It was not an easy decision, but it was what I felt I needed to really dig into, can I make this work in a way I'm comfortable with? Can I make it work in a way that I'm aligned with? Can I make it work in a way that I feel I'm doing good in the world? Or do I just have to go, okay, I tried that and now I'm walking away. So it wasn't in my heart ready to walk away away because I saw, especially after my divorce, and I'll circle back to that, but I saw the need for helping women helping women with finance. I wanted the flexibility that like everything has its pros and cons, right? But my kids were still young. I had one going to college by the time we were done, two in high school, Mm -hmm. and they were really active. And if I went 
and got a nine to five job, which I was in Chicago, the commute there is an hour and a half, right? So a nine to five job is more like a six thirty to seven job by the right, time right. Yeah. to play. Like if I do that, I couldn't have gone to softball games. I couldn't have gone to track meets. I couldn't have gone to lacrosse games. I could I like I couldn't have shown up in the way I was used to showing up for my kids because I was really lucky to have that before the divorce. Yeah. Um, so I wanted that flexibility, but I wanted to also feel good about what I was doing with my day. Financially, so were you living? And, yeah, were you living off your savings, or what were you living off of? Um, I was living off. So in my settlement, <laughs> like the, the real meat of it is the laws where I lived. I was entitled to spousal support for life, permanent spousal support. Hmm. I took spousal support until my youngest graduated from high school and I took it in a lump sum. And I was advised during the process, like that is stupid. Don't do it. You're going to be dipping into your retirement savings because it wasn't enough to live on. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be dipping into your retirement savings in three years and you're going to be flat out broke in six. And in retrospect, should I have done this differently? Probably. But I was in a space then where I was like, you just watch. I'm going to do this on my own. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do, do this on my own. Um, well, I mean, and you could, you, we could say you obviously then took some of that and invested in this program. And like that is exactly. what we'll get to has been a huge return on your investment so that they can say that all day long. But like you could have had, I guess, the income, right? Or you could have put it in something to grow or you could have grown it yourself. And you growing it yourself doesn't mean you growing it in the market. Like it's growing your business. Right. So. You know. Or I could have gone and taken a job that would have paid me enough to live on until I retire, whenever I retire. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't where my heart was at the time either. So that would have been in a way um, compromising. Mm-hmm. So for the investment, and, and my trail is different than others because I started as a financial advisor. I was building a financial advisor mm-hmm. business. And as we've worked together and I've been in FEM and worked with so many other FEMs over the years, I've really focused differently, but it, it has taken years. And I kind of look back and the first year was, do I stay in this business? And if I do, what does it look like? It's got to be at a company that has my back and will let me grow what I want to grow. So made that first move and then stuck to that place for two years. And, you know, there were lovely people, but it was more of the same where they really weren't behind the CDFA and the divorce business and, growing that, spent a full another year being smarter about figuring out where to land. And that's where I am now. Um, mm-hmm. But just made sure before I made that move that they would be okay with what I wanted to build and what I was doing. And mm-hmm. like we sent stuff through compliance while we were still talking. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even there to see how fast they turned. Like, would they really do what they said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, they've turned out that they really do what That's they awesome. said. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean most people who like the the cost of leaving is really high, right? Most people like don't they go to a broker deal they never want to leave. Most people, it's like they stay with their financial advisor forever because it's harder just to sign paperwork. It's it's not like it's a pain in the that big of a pain in the butt to sign paperwork. We all say it is, but it's actually this fear of like leaving or fear of like having to break up with your other advisor and all this stuff. But there's like, you know, in our world of sales that we talk about sometimes, like the cost of change is really high that like, if you're going to have someone do something differently, then you really have to help them see that there's extreme value in that. And like for you to do that, that's one, you're willing to take a lot of risk. That says a lot about you with like, you know, 
what you're willing to risk in order to have everything you want in the way that you want it, which I, I admire you for because it's like, you know, this wasn't right. I was willing to change. This wasn't exactly it. So I'm willing to change because I know I, it's like you can see the future a little bit. I know you have a lot yeah. of faith in like what that looks like, even though it's not always roses and perfect. And and you've always been willing to do that. Take some risk for the benefit of being able to have what you want and grow what you like to kind of see your vision through. I think that's been really helpful for you. No, like I'm good at jumping. I'm, I'm frighteningly sometimes good at like, oh yeah, I'll do that. I should um, take that compliment away. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but I'm going to, I'm going to back it up a little bit. I've gotten better at jumping in the right direction instead of just mm-hmm. jumping and being more thoughtful about, okay, if I'm going to take a leap, what makes the most sense and how am I going to judge whether that was the right direction and when do I need to course correct? So I've learned to be better about figuring out where I'm going. And at the same time, um, figuring out more quickly, I'm still not great at it, but I'm doing it. I'm getting better. Like it's improving on, um, Oh wait, this isn't working course. Correct. Again, instead of no, no, I made a commitment. I'm sticking to this no matter what I will plow through and make it work and plowing through and making it work when you know, it's not working. Is that, you know, definition of insanity. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I was coming from that place. Like, and and I was doing that in my marriage. I was doing that in everything. Like I'm just going to work harder, power through. Right. Well, if you're powering through and doing the same thing, it's not so good. So yeah, that's, well, that's awesome. another- and I mean, you've had a lot of success and then you've had a lot of challenges. So I know one of the things we talked about before starting to record is, is that you've gotten to 25 to $30,000 months. And you know, when we started working together, you were making less than that per year. Is yeah. that accurate? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely yeah. it. Less than yeah. that a year. So like for some people, I mean, and that was four years ago. So like to go from $20,000 a year to 20, what's that? And making that it was, it was more like 19,000 a year and it okay. was painful and I was hustling and I was doing all sorts of stuff that I didn't like doing and it didn't feel comfortable. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't aligned, didn't feel comfortable doing things you weren't doing. And yeah. now, um, that you've been doing 25 to $30,000 a month at times. And then you've had some ups and downs. We all do as do I, but, um, you did launch a book. You have a best-selling book. Tell them the name again. I forget. Oh shit. I'm getting divorced. Oh shit. I'm getting divorced. So if you don't have, you know, you should go get that book. Oh shit. I'm getting divorced. Even if you're not getting divorced, but just get it because I'm sure it's a good read. And as a financial advisor, it'll probably help you to provide more value to people who are going through that. Um, so, but you took your clients. Yeah. That's another like thing, again, very outside the box. And I know you went an untraditional route in general, very unconventional, but a lot of the, you know, women in femme have gone that way as well, even as a traditional advisor to get a book done, to like have a voice. So what I, what I hear a lot with what you're saying too, is that like, especially with the, the picture that you painted here, you are years ago when you first started, there are 23 advisors. You're one of 23, the only woman who has no voice, like literally shut down, shush, shunned, um, shut up, you know, when you do what we say, you know, regardless of what the heck we're doing, but do what we say, like, and that's like the epitome of like the awfulness of the industry. Like I didn't experience that, even though I'm all for women and, and, you know, the whole mission behind like helping women in the industry because of stories that I've heard like that, but I didn't actually experience it that badly. I actually started in the office of two women, like my manager. And then our, our supervisor was, um, they were both women. 
very unusual. And they were young women as well. Very, very unusual. Um, and then there was like another woman in my office <laughs> who was younger than I was and I was 29. And to that, my branch manager, she was a woman and she was wonderful, but I wasn't working with her. And there was another woman in the, in the branch, but with a separate office that I really wanted to work with. And they were like, no, we have rules. You can't until I resigned. And then I could, which was just, Oh my gosh. Yeah. The whole whole thing was like, well, even, even for me though, like when I, you know, learning from women, you would think that there was, I don't know about an advantage, but like I'd have more of a voice, but I feel like it was still indoctrinated from this male dominated industry with certain ways to do things. So like they were just following the same system that the 22 exactly. you know, guys and advisors were following as well. So the problem that I'm trying to solve and trying to shift and, and one of the reasons, like if you're wondering like, why is this the last femme? One of the reasons that we're shifting things with our business is because I truly feel that, that in order to infiltrate the industry and, and make a bigger change, we can't just go to the, you know, few few of the 20%, let's say 20, 24% women in the industry, like I actually have to go to, to much a higher level. And, and, and I don't mean higher in the sense of men, but I mean higher in regards to volume and people and getting yeah. more well-known in the industry to help women. Because if I go from the ground down, I'm not having as big of an impact. So I'm trying to go a little bit from, you know, the, the top down, I guess you would say to, to see how we can make a bigger impact and ultimately help women by shifting the whole industry, not just changing the few, you know, women that I ha- get my hands on to help. But, but anyway, my point in, in bringing that kind of, um, full circle is like, here you are like, you know, back in 2014 with really, let's call it no voice, but you have a voice inside you, but it just hasn't escaped and you even try to use it. And then weren't even, you know, you got your hand slapped or whatever. And then here you are now you've made multiple shifts in order to get to where you want to be, where you're doing what you want to do. And I would also say this as kind of a plug for you and also for what I know you see in the future is that your vision is getting clearer and clearer about how you're going to help more CDFAs, more, especially women, not just women who are getting divorced, but women in the financial space who want to have more of a impact with other women in who are going through divorce and that you're creating a whole system and we're, you know, figuring this out together so you can start giving other women a kind of business in the box, a way that they can grow their CDFA side. Um, because no one's teaching this, no one's really showing them how to do this in a way that's, you know, really good communication, great mediation ways. It's really serving the clients. It'll also ultimately help their financial future. So I want to also commend you with that because that has to do with all the steps you've taken, taking risk and then starting somewhere else new trying that, not fully getting your, you know, getting hurt and getting to be where you want to be, then coming out with a best-selling book, being in a new place where you're like, no, now I can do what I want to do. And constantly being willing to shift that, not in a way that it used to be, where it used to be like what we call delusional Dan, like all over the place, but in an intentional way that's like following the path. (laughs) I still have my my delusional moments for sure. We all do. And I do want to, like you said, no one else is doing it. There are others, you know, my um, CDFA mentor, Nancy Hedrick is in Phoenix and she is teaching this and has been for years. I'm putting my own twist on it, but I just yeah. want to be like, there are those. Well, who no are one, I, you know, no one was doing money coaching when I started money coaching. I right. wasn't the only one, but when I say no one, I'm exaggerating, but it's no, like it compared to the millions and millions and hundreds of millions of people in the United States, like, and 
the hundreds of thousands of financial advisors, very few people are leading this. And most right. people are getting divorced really shitty, shittily, if that could be an adverb. Um, most people are doing okay. it, you know, aren't, aren't, like you said, your situation, like you did not necessarily get the best advice. You did not get the best support. You did not, you know, feel like you knew where to go to or who to turn to, which led you to be a leader in this space because of your experience. And this is why like Mm -hmm. every crappy experience, whether it's divorce money or, or relationships is always leading us to potentially be a leader in that space to change. And like, you're driven to change because of that. So yeah, touch upon that of like, what's really, you know, what you see, what you want, what's really driving you in this space to, to, you know, to get to that place where we can have better systems in place for people who are going through this, the challenging times of divorce or eminent. For me, most of it is how to get the message out. Um, So I moved in 2020 from Chicago where it was more known that, you know, CDFAs and divorce coaches and different types of meteors exist to Chattanooga where it's not nearly as well known. And most people I meet here are like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. So it's getting the message out. When you think about divorce, most of the decisions are family and finances. They are not legal decisions for the most part in almost all divorces. Some are, and there are some cases where they must go to court or people are just so hurt. They can't get around that, but most of them aren't. And letting people know that they don't have to spend all their money. They don't have to damage their children as much. They, they can just make it, like I say, suck less. It's, divorce is not good. It, it, in my world, I've never seen a marriage that was a really good marriage that ended in divorce because that doesn't happen. They stay married. So there's a reason people get divorced. But they don't have to destroy each other in the process. They don't have to spend their kids' college education going through the court process. They don't have to take two years. So my vision and mission is to let people know just because this is what society has kind of publicized, like we're going to take a marriage that started in love and throw it into a criminal court system and blame people and make it cost a lot, we don't need to do that. We can step out of that, take control, and as long as they're – making the decisions under the rules of where they live, of their jurisdiction, they can own their own decisions. The trouble is people don't know what decisions they need to make. So then that's where someone like me comes in and walks them through, like, this is what you need to decide. And here are the things you need to think about. And from experience, looking at what's going to make you a better family, because you're still going to be family if you have kids after divorce. Mm-hmm. And how can you better prepare for that? And how can you be empowered to make your now? Now we have sirens coming through, so this will be good. Um, <laughs> Real life. How can you, yeah. How can you be empowered to make good financial decisions? Example would be, you know, I had a client come in a while back, and she's like, "My friends are so jealous. I'm going to get a half a million dollars because we're worth a million dollars. Not going to get half a million dollars." And then we start having this discussion, like, "Do you work? Nope, haven't worked in twenty years." Okay. Do you plan to work? Well, why would I work? I'm going to have a half a million dollars. Oh my gosh. How much do you, but, but that this, this is real. This is real. Life yeah. Yeah. Because had never taken care of the finances, had homeschooled the kids, had been there for them had taken care of a whole bunch of other things, but really didn't know until we start working through it. Like what is life going to look like for you? If you have a half a million dollars and you're not working and then as you work through it, came to realize like, oh shit, 
like in three and a half years, I'm going to be flat broke. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now let's make a good plan. Right. Right. And, and that's not in my experience, that is not worked through with a lot of attorneys. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they turn over the decisions to the attorneys, the attorneys fight it out or negotiate on behalf of their clients. Right. It's almost just like, get as much as you can, you know, I was in a whatever's fair. And then I, I would also argue that like women sometimes um, will, will just, you know, do what they think might be fair because they'd rather not fight and they don't know what's really fair. And so they're just like, Oh, I'd rather they just give up so much because it's easier, especially if they don't have a good relationship anymore. And they're like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to deal with it. I mean, we just had, you know, in our fem group, these ladies talk about, you know, uh, faith and hope we're talking about how someone is, is giving them crap about their fee and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, God, it's like, it's so hard when people are attacking you, especially women, it's really hard to fight back because it's like, we don't want that energy. Like we don't want to fight and we don't maybe necessarily feel like we're going to win. Right. And it's like, is it worth it? And then we often just give in. And I, I think that's like a very common thing with divorce with women is like, because they don't know, because they don't want to ha- deal with the dude anymore, just give in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I absolutely did it in my process. So I understand that. And flip side, you know, I haven't walked in anyone else's shoes. So I don't know what else other than alimony or spousal support and maintenance, whatever we're calling it. I don't know what else they're dealing with in their life. And it may be very worthwhile to them to just walk away from that money and figure out what their life is going to look like based on other factors. But at least everyone should have the opportunity to make that informed decision and be able to look at what those numbers mean. So they're not going, Oh, half a million dollars. I'm going to be wealthy. Like, no, you're going to be broke. Yeah. And let's talk about how that looks. And, and then if you know, you're going to be broke and you still make that decision for whatever reason, they're your reasons. Okay. You were informed. It's, it's the intention. It's always, it's the same thing I talk about with business. It's like being intentional about who you attract, being intentional with how you grow your business instead of defaulting to it. It's like, people don't know what their options are, what's available to them. Um, mm-hmm. so, well, I love what you're doing and I'm proud to ha- have had a part in helping you get to where you are today to be able to help so many women and so many people going through divorce and be able to be, you know, have such great you know, financial months yourself. And I know it's not always just straight up, but like to, to be able to create that where, you know, you can make 25, 30 grand, like in a month where you, you, you know, used to make 19,000 is just in a year is so empowering because you know, you can do it again. Now we don't want to have to work hard to do it again, but you know, you can do it again. But to that point, I don't know how we are on time. If I just comment on that. Um, So I felt like, and now I'm like, Christ, so just go with me here. I felt like this spring after four or five years, I was like, I got this. Like I got it. I I cracked the nut. It's working. And I was making 25,000 pretty consistently. And then I went on vacation, which had been planned for. And then I came back and my dad, who was ill, got more ill and passed away. And I essentially did it. I, I worked enough to keep going, but I was with him and I had that flexibility, which I wouldn't have had in another job. Um, and, you know, the last weeks, my siblings and I were with him 24-7 and we were able to walk him out of this world and it was devastating, but that's a gift that this practice has given me, right. To have that time. But at the same time, 
I brought in no money, like very little comparatively nothing. And then, so I'm in a place of rebuilding now. We're coming into September tomorrow, time-wise. And um, I know that if I go back to the systems, the business will come back. And that I didn't have before. So it, the infrastructure is built. I need to put in the work. And where I thought, yeah, I was done. Now everything is cyclical and I am not done and, and things have fallen off. But um, I do have a belief and faith and confidence that I did not have before. That is kind of just remind yourself, go back to the basics, follow the system and it's going to come back up. And it's okay because my trade-off was I got to be with my dad. So it's okay that I walked away for a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. why we do what we do. So we have that flexibility. And next level for you and me is we're going to build recurring revenue, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you yes. used to have it and then you, you gave it up just like I did, you know, with uh, gave up the headaches as well, but gave that up for exchange for new and lighter headaches maybe. Um, but, but it's just creating like the, a new model where you can then right. take the time off and, and still have the income. But the, that is the beauty of it. I'm the same way is that, cause we don't have the, we, we talked about this the other day, like we don't have the recurring revenue model, the same like financial advisors with, you know, traditional AUM, but we also, you know, we don't have to manage 300 households and that sort of thing. And, and all the stuff that goes along with the market. So it's figuring out, well, that, Recurring revenue is totally possible. And I think for you, what I see that's going to be really amazing, and maybe even someone listening to this podcast will reach out to you, is that you're going to build something incredible where you're going to build, ha, give, give other advisors the gift to be able to do something similar where you're providing so much value and shifting the way that divorce is done, where you know you have, have other advisors learning from you and from your systems and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, we'll mark this down as our next level for you and moving forward, maybe next year we'll do it again, another podcast and show, you know, the, the huge growth there, but that it's just a new level, right? It's just a new level. And like, first we create the foundation. Now you have it, you know, you can turn on the faucet, make money when you want. Yes. You still have to work for it, but you know, you can do it. So now it's just going back to the systems and then next level is setting up that recurring, revenue that, yeah, you got to work, but it's not necessarily passive, but it's going to, um, it's going to be predictable and even more predictable and easier. And so my, my, what I'll work with you on in the next FEM, you know, as we go through our, our last duration of, of FEM here is like getting you to that next level, because I do feel like, um, you know, it's super possible. It's just, it's a different focus. And now we know that's a new focus, but, um, last question just for you, um, Regarding just FEM, because I'm also capturing this a little bit as a time capsule for me too, is like, what has FEM really meant to you? How has it really helped you? If you can give me just a summary of like, you know, how it's changed your life, I'd love to capture that. Well, um, there's just no one thing. I think that the biggest thing looking back is that it has supported and enabled me to make course corrections that get me and my life on course in a direction that I am congruent with and feel good about. And even when it's hard, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. And if I'm not doing the right thing, correct. So, it, you know, 
a lot of the toolbox is really useful. And I didn't have to develop that on my own. And I can go back to the systems and say, oh, I was deviating, use the systems. But the bigger part is the the mindset, the being around other like-minded advisors and, and other business people. You know, we have them here and there throughout the country where everyone is supportive and moving in the same direction. That direction being what's right for them. Not, mm-hmm. this is the way you do it. Go make your list of 100, you know. Yeah, you can do that and make money, but did you kill your soul while you're doing it? So FEM has helped me over the years become much more aligned with my soul and what I'm doing. And I have to work. I'm in a position where I need to work and I'll need to work for a long time. I love my work now. 2018, it was sheer hell. That's a big difference. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So tell them where to find you. Yeah. Tell them where to find you. Uh, where to find me, um, two websites, financial advisor website is brendabridges.com and my divorce business, which is the majority of what I do is bridging divorce solutions.com. Bridging divorce solutions.com. Can they send you an email from there or something? Yeah, there's both have interactive forms you can fill out or Facebook is bridging divorce, um, is my Facebook page. So cool. that's all. We- Brenda so- Bridges, bridging divorce, yeah. pun intended, I think. Um, awesome, awesome. So good to have you here. And um, if you're listening right now and you're curious about FEM and you're getting in, you know, you're listening not too much later because we're having our event uh, October 21st in St. Pete Beach. So it's going to be incredible. Um, we will be there spending time together and exploding our businesses over the next actually, you know, seven to nine months. So if you're at all curious about this, it's, it is, we're very selective right now, especially with these incredible women and, um, and it's gotta be the right fit. But if you're serious and you want to grow your business, this is, I'm claiming this is going to be the best femme yet because we are bringing a lot of ladies back together who, you know, uh, were kind of the best of the best in femme and such like everyone is supportive and, and incredible and willing to share all the secrets. And so we're really going to kill it together and create this even more incredible community. So if you're all curious, you can just send us an email support at robincrane.com, put FEM mm in the subject line and um if it seems to make sense we'll jump on a call and yeah see if if uh we get you on board with this incredible community of women thanks for tuning in we'll see you on the next them series podcast this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com